Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm I'm good. Uh I went on a mini adventure yesterday that totally transformed me. <laughs> Ooh. And now I'm coming to you to to you from my hippie blanket. Live from Jessica's closet. Yes. It's Detroit Strange. Yeah. Jessica's closet and Alex's basement. Yeah. Although mine looks like a basement now. I feel like a little bit. I've got the background on because it's just looking. It's it's not a pretty background. Fair. Got those like ship brown curtains behind me. You know those ship brown curtains. But they, they do help. So good they on do, you. They do. They do. Yeah. I was thinking about even moving them closer to like this side of the door frame. Oh yeah. No, I think that's a good I mean, I think the closer you can be to the the stuff, the better. The basement's definitely the next project. I think like I wanna clean out this section of the basement. Especially all the shit I'm dumping on Julia, like this popcorn machine, getting it out of here. I just want I'm gonna clean out this area. I'm gonna I'm actually repainting the, the main room in the basement. You love to repaint. Uh, I do. I even bought a paint, like a paint sprayer. Because <laughs> I'm going to paint the ceiling black. Oh my. Yeah. Oh. Because like, with paint sprayers, it was like a hundred bucks to rent one and like a hundred and fifty to buy. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Honestly, too, you can probably just rent it out to friends to pay it off then. Or like. Yeah. Plus, I've got plenty of projects I've been putting off. Yeah. Or have them get you like a meal sometime or something. And yeah. then it's, Yeah. It's a burrito for an hour, Thai food for like <laughs> an afternoon. I like it. And a Jets pizza for all day. I like it. See, you've already yes. got your, your price range. You're good to go. Yes. Yes. Oh, can I tell you about my day yesterday? Yes. Yes. Please tell me about your adventure. Sorry. No, that's okay. That's okay. I just, I was so excited because I was like, I finally have something to talk about. Yes. Uh, Spill that tea, girl. So my roommate you know she yes. she is a, a manager at a retail position so she has a you know funky schedule not always the yeah. same so she had yesterday off and we had decided to do something like just outside cuz yeah what's outside and it's summer you got to go outside you got to do stuff mm-hmm. and we did everything still with caution still with you know paying attention to distances and stuff like that but we figured a wednesday was kind of okay to maybe go and seek of a large body of water when you said Wednesday, I'm like, wait, when did you say this was? I have no concept for days. Yeah, I know. Today's oh, Thursday. Yeah, yesterday was Wednesday. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> days of the week are hard sometimes. No, it is. It is. And so I, so we basically went into the thumb, which I don't think I've ever been in the thumb. I don't know that I have either. And it's actually funny that you've been to the thumb for reasons we'll get to later. Okay. But yeah, I, I, um, I've never been to the Thumb. I'm not going to lie. I'm so bad at geography. I'm looking up which Great Lake we went to. Yes. Huron. Yes. I know. I was, thought it was Huron, but I was like, or is it Superior? No, that one's nor. I don't. Sometimes the most, like, when you like when you grew up learning the Great Lakes, like, you just, like, they're all so familiar. It's like, okay, like, I'm pretty sure about this, but am I mixing them up because I do know them so well? Well, I Lake Michigan... I'm pretty solid on Lake Lake Michigan and Erie. Like those are the two. Like okay, I know where they're at. Uh, Michigan, Ontario. Well, I guess Ontario. I should have known because Ontario clearly is. It's way. It's I should have been way the fuck out, over but there. I, but I just wanted to not say the wrong thing. 
because I said many wrong things in last week's episode. <laughs> it can't be helped. I, I got a few corrections that I'll go over in a second, but Ooh. um, <laughs> but that being said, like and we went to well, we did go to like one place with like a really long pier type thing, and we walked it. There were a few people on the pier, but not that many. There were more people on that beach, so we we're like, eh, this is too. We're not going to. Would you say that you saw your peers on the pier? I saw so many peers on the pier. With their peers. But you weren't in La Pier. We were not. You were just on a pier. Yes. Okay. Uh, So we kept driving north, and then we found a place where we, it was a beach, and we got to be, like, over 30 feet away from, like, the people, like, everybody. That's good, because sometimes you see pictures of people on the beach, and they're all clumped up. I'm like, what are you doing? Miami, (laughs) calling you out. Yes. And I don't even like that when it's not a pandemic. Right. It's not fun. In general, stay the fuck away from yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. But no, this just turned out to be exact. And then I stood in the water. Uh, we stand standing in the water. And I felt like a new human being. Like, that's the beautiful thing about growing up in Michigan is just like, there's so much water you could just play around in. There's the Great Lakes, the Inland Lakes, the rivers, the creeks, the streams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely not like... um I just like being standing in large bodies of water. Like, I definitely, I do love a good ocean. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, much better on the hair. Oh, definitely. The, the saltwater hair. Tastes better, too, usually. Yes. Well, but I'll take yeah. the fresh water. Yeah. I'll take the fresh water. And it, I don't know. It's just, it's very refreshing. But it's weird because I'm not like necessarily a boat person or into, like, I'm not into, or jet ski like those things don't i yeah i for me i can enjoy a pontoon boat i mean it's fine i don't dislike sitting on a boat but it's not it's not something i seek out too often like especially with like oh my god water skiing like my family like i'm like the oddball in my family that can't water ski like everyone's like like my mom's over there getting up on one ski or like dropping one fucking doing flips and shit i'm over here like can't get up and it's just like (laughs) I think we're all finally accepted that I'm just not going to water ski ever because I'm just I'm tall. I'm gangly. I'm uncoordinated and I have no interest. Well, I think that's the big thing, too. If it's just not for you, it's not for you. And I think we've all accepted that because like every summer is kind of like this is the summer you're going to learn. Alex, like, no, it's not because it's it. If it hasn't clicked in the past 20 years, it's not going to click now. Yeah. No, I gave up on any kind of anything related to that a very long time ago. I was like this. There's other things that are for me, and I'm going to stick to those things. Yeah. Love a mm-hmm. canoe. Love a kayak. Yeah. Paddleboards are mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Jet skis can be fun if the water's not too crowded, but, like, They're too I don't much- need to be on a tube. I don't need to be, like, pulled behind a boat being tubed. No. Well, and here's my problem with jet skis. There's too much power, mm-hmm. and there's too much to think about while operating one. It's not like a road where like there's like set places you should be. It's kind of like it's a big ass lake and just don't hit anybody and don't get hit. Yeah, I don't like that though. Yeah, it's I too can chaos. Handle, like on a canoe or kayak or paddle, like all those things sound lovely. Anything without a motor. Yeah. Um, I don't even mind like a trolling motor. Like, but the idea of, I don't know, adding an extra element to thinking about. Yeah. If I'm on water, I'm trying to relax. The only thing I do want to try with a jet ski, have you ever seen those like hoverboards? I think so. So basically like you hook up this like tube to the back of your jet ski, like where the jet is uh, or whatever. I don't know if it's called a jet. I'm just going to say it's a jet. Um, 
Wherever all the water comes out forcefully to propel you forward. I mean, that's a jet. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's like. Sure. Yeah. We're not a we're not a hydro engineering podcast. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But anyway, so that you hook this tube up to it and the tube's hooked up to a board that you'd strap your feet onto. And then you have someone on the jet ski just kind of revving it, which forces the water through the bottom of the board. And so you kind of just start floating into the air based on the pressure of the water pushing down. And so you're okay. kind of just like doing weird like I don't I've seen people do it, and it looks fun. It's probably something I can't do, but I would like to try. You do it and report back. We'll do. Okay. <laughs> I, on the meantime, will be sitting on some rocks next to the water, dangling my feet in. Perfect. <laughs> uh, I love, <laughs> that's the other thing I love about big bodies of water are the large rocks you can climb on. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, I love not using pathways. Yeah. Just like exploring in nature. It's just, it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 So that was my exciting news. I love that. <laughs> we mm-hmm. love a great lake. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, I got to go to a, a little uh, fire pit last night. Oh, that's to, nice. To top the day off. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, I love a bonfire. I was going to say, what's your favorite thing to do in a Michigan summer? I mean, I, again, it's going to make, we're going to have to talk time of day. What's the weather like? What's happening? Okay. It's like, like, what's your perfect Michigan summer day? Honestly, if you, okay. Are we, are we in a pandemic in this scenario? No, we'll say it's okay. a normal ass summer. Okay. Then I'd say something similar to what I did yesterday, but it's going to be a fuller day because I do like to do a lot. So I think my perfect day would be to already wake up somewhere near more nature. Yeah. Go on like a four mile hike. Mm. Then get some really good coffee. Then go to the beach, be in some large bodies of water. I do get bored just laying on the beach. I'm not Same. very good at that. I I get, I don't know. I get bored. Yeah. Um. So we're not going to be there super long, you know. Just go in the water a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe go get a snack, and then yeah, maybe like do a little kayak or canoe, something like that. Uh. Uh-huh. And then go have drinks on a patio nearby. Uh, I stand a patio drink. Hmm. Hmm. I do like a good bonfire. So if there's a bonfire after the patio, even better. Yeah. But if everybody's tired, I'm not going to push them. Right. Yeah. Ooh, okay, another question. What's your favorite thing to make on a bonfire? Are you a s'mores gal? I mean, I like s'mores. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I feel like I'd be crazy to not like a s'more. They're delicious. Uh-huh. But the older I'm getting, I, I'm growing not as like enchanted by them. 100%. They've yeah. lost their charm for me. I'll make them if it's the option because mm-hmm. like they are good. We've had stuff to make them most of this this summer here. Yeah. But I've kind of gotten to a point where they're just, they're not as exciting anymore. They're too, almost too accessible. And it, I feel like as a kid, it was such a special treat and that's why they were so good. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. I kind of, I like camp cooking. Like, I mean, I like to make stuff on a fire, but I love making like kind of going camping and like, ugh, sorry. 
and pre-planning, got tongue tied, pre-planning some sort of like meals that you put in pouches and like aluminum foil and basically put on the fire or cooking some sort of like, it's not usually a real hot dog. I don't know. Yeah. But like cooking some sort of like hot dog or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like, I like the action of cooking the hot dog on like the spears. Yeah. Because that's fun and you're just involved in it. Yeah. But I do like a good like campfire meal in general. Oh yeah. There's something more satisfying. See, I love um I don't know if we've ever made them together, but like we and everyone has a different name for them too. I think we usually call them pudgy pies. You heard Ooh, you know I what I'm talking about? I'm gonna ask real are the the banana one? I don't usually make them with banana. I guess you could. They kind of that's the beauty of them is you can kind of fill them with whatever. It's basically like you know, it's like like those like iron squares that like fold together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people like we'll usually do like either like bread. Usually, it's always bread on the outside that you butter out. You butter pieces of bread, put them on the outside, and you can put like you want to do grilled cheese, you put trees or like pizza stuff or pie filling. I like that. Oh, That's okay. my favorite thing. Okay, I thought. See, for some reason, I thought you were going to go to when you take the banana and you slice it open and you put the chocolate chips and the peanut butter in it and you put aluminum foil and cook that. Have you I have never that? heard of that. That sounds delicious, though. It is. I'm not even a big banana or a big peanut butter person, but it's really good. We just need to have a bonfire night where everyone brings a different like bonfire thing. Like someone brings the s'more yeah. stuff. Someone brings all the way at the pudgy pie stuff. You bring this bananas yes. and chocolate chips. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That would be delicious. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love I summertime is better. The only thing I don't like about summer is the heat and the humidity because fuck that. Yeah. I could definitely go with a drier heat. Yeah. It works a little better for me personally. Yeah. Um, I don't love heat per se, but mm-hmm. I do prefer it over being cold because I feel like cold kind of stops me dead in my tracks no matter how many layers I put. And this has totally changed as a child. I had the theory that like you can always put more layers on so cold is preferable because you can fix it with like layers. Yeah. I kind of don't feel that way anymore, though. I kind of feel like I can like work through the heat most of the time. Okay. See, I'm still in the camp. You can always put more shit on. Yeah. So cold. I'm not good in the winter. I think it's also, though, honestly, I get like pretty severe like seasonal affective disorder. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think there's an association with that for me, too, where it's like, oh, those are the the sad months. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, mm, I can do it without winter. Have you ever Not tried one of those lamp things? No, I had a roommate who had one and she did like it. I've always been a little on the um, poor side for yeah. affording a $90 lamp to make me happy. Right. Um, I, just, I, I don't believe. I don't know. I don't believe it. But that's me. I think it could be true. I bet it's one of those things where some of them actually are effective. I don't know. Because I think there's a science behind it. I could see the science. I don't know. I feel like sometimes just like brightness does make me feel better. That's true. Maybe. I don't know. But I also, I also can stand a gray gloomy day and be feel a million dollars, like a million dollars. So like this morning was perfect. I love just like, I woke up, it was raining. It was just like a nice peaceful rain, like a thunder. Like, I mean, I do have a thunderstorm, but it was just like nice peaceful rain. Yeah. Kind of cooler. Well, then it just got hot and humid. So I closed yeah. my windows up. I made the poor choice of making soup for lunch today. 
I had a can of tomato. I'm like, tomato soup sounds so good right now. And I made it. I'm just eating it in my basement, sweating. I'm like, this was, when will I learn? July is not a soup month. A gazpacho? I've never had it. I'm not sure I'm interested. I don't like it. (laughs) Although, actually, I did at a wedding have like, I think it was like a watermelon gazpacho. Oh. So it was just like fruit soup, basically. And it was like a smoothie in a bowl. And (laughs) I mean, I could be into that. I was more into that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a like raw onion girl, though. And gazpacho, actual gazpacho is very. I stopped just short of biting right into the onion. Really? No. Uh, Caramelize that, baby. Uh, I mean, I love onions pretty much any way you can serve them to me. I only like them cooked. Fair. I'll in a um, like on a taco with cilantro, I'll have them raw or like there's a or salsa. Like there's a couple instances. There's the exceptions. Yeah, but I don't necessarily like it. If that makes sense, like on a taco for some reason, I don't know. It's different. Yeah, because a taco without cilantro and onion. It's not a real taco, so. Someone tell Taco Bell that. I mean. Where's the cilantro Taco Bell? If you're going to Taco Bell for your l- legit food. Oh, we, I, we were talking about this at work today. Or like some, we were talking about Mexican food. I'm like, I haven't had good Mexican food in a minute. I have had Taco Bell, but that's Tex-Mex dog food. It's delicious, but it's mm-hmm. Tex-Mex dog food. It's its own thing. It's yeah. like a completely different category for sure. Yeah. I had there's a taco truck that I walked to one day. Ooh. And yeah, it was it was a, it was good. It wasn't the best I've had, but it was good. But I've been really craving like really good Mexican food. Uh, Thinking about getting some takeout or something. Yeah, I was going to say is Mexican Village doing a takeout? Well, I'll, I mean or Mexican town. I can't remember if it's Mexican town or Mexican Village because there's one in Canton. Yeah. Mexican Village is are you talking about the specific restaurant or are you talking about the area? Specific restaurant. Okay, yes, Mexican Village is the restaurant. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's not my first choice. Fair. That's really the only one I've ever eaten at down here. Really? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. We've got some chores. I know. We have got some chores. I know. Not, I'm not I'm not against Mexican Village. They're fine. I love their fajitas. That's what I always get there. So fajitas. I've got fajita places for you. Mm. Never yeah. will turn down a good fajita. Mm-hmm. We'll get you some fajitas. We'll, also, we'll go to different places for different things. Yes. When it's tacos, I got a taco place. If it's going to be tamales, we're going to go to the tamale place. Fajitas, we're going to go to just a couple places. But we'll I just spend a day just as yeah. Mexican food adventure, and you'll just take me, mm-hmm. and we'll just go get food everywhere. Lunch one place, snack, and then dinner. Let's just do Central and South American, because then we can also do pupusas. I don't know what that is, but I'm here for it. I don't even know how to describe it. It's... Like a corn tortilla, but like all the fillings are inside of it. It's like stuffed and then cooked. It's, um, I believe, Salvadorian. Yeah. That There's a couple, delicious. a couple pupusa places. Huh. Yeah. Good Sorry stuff, for though. the clanking of my ice. I went basic today and just made a vodka soda with grapefruit sparkling water. That sounds lovely. It's great. It's refreshing. I, what is mine? I made, um, basically, it's not quite a margarita because I didn't have any like triple sec or Grand Marnier or anything like that, but uh-huh. plum margarita sorta. Oh, yeah, that sounds delicious. Yeah, it's like mushed plums and there's uh fresh squeezed lime juice, tequila, tiny bit of simple, 
and then um, tropical cherry sparkling water to top it off. That is delicious. Also, you know what? I had the realization the other day hmm. that like plums and cherries are very similar. That hmm. like plums are just giant cherries that are purple. These are called cherry plums. <laughs> Actually, are they red or purple? Are they both? Both. Both. More red, a little more red, but like, like a deep red, like a bruise color, a red violet. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's much better than bruise color. Yeah, no, they're good though. They're tiny. They're like little one. I mean, they still have a pit, so you can't just yeah. chew on them. But they're like one bite plums, basically. Let's show up with the stage, one bite plum. <laughs> but are you ready for a story? I am ready for a story. I hope you packed your bags. Because we are road tripping again. Woo! And we are actually going to the thumb. Really? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's how I was like, <gasps> no way. Of course you went to the thumb. That's insane. I'm supposed to go in a couple weekends again, too. Ooh. Yeah. If you end so up weird. in the village of Olby, let me know. Because that's where the story Oldie? takes. Olby? U-L-B-Y? Olby? Oh, okay. Yeah. What part of the thumb is it in? I did not look. Let's check it out. <laughs> I was just like, all the Michigan work. It's in the thumb. The thumb is big, though. It, I, it is. It's like, I suppose I have a lot of distant family in the thumb. Like, that's where my mom's, I think my mom's dad's family grew up. Oh, it's kind of like mid thumb. It's my bad ex. Okay. Okay. But we're going to be talking about the Sparling family. Okay. Um, specifically, the shrinking Sparling family, as I have de- dubbed them. Okay. So. We're going to jump back to the 1900s. We're going to start in 1908. Okay. So the thumb, I didn't know this, but it makes sense considering it's just down coast from like Gross Point. Mm -hmm. It's known for having fertile soil. So that's why a lot of the farming stuff happens out there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's a man by the name of John Sparling, who is one of those farmers. John was 48 and he was married to his wife, Carrie. And with her, he had four sons. Peter, Albert, Skirrell, and Cyril, Skirrell, Skirrell, Squirrel, and Raymond. It's S-C-Y-R-L. How would you pronounce that? Cyril? Cyril, yeah. Okay. I think so. We'll say Cyril from now on. Okay. I swear. Um, yeah, I feel I've heard the name Cyril before. I've never seen it with an S in front of it, but I guess it makes sense because it's kind of like science, but with a Y. And just yeah. different letters at the end. So. Also, I, I wonder like the, uh, the um, origin of it. You know what I mean? Like, that might explain that spelling. I think they just couldn't spell, because I googled the, how they spelled it and nothing came up. It said, like, did you mean C-Y-R-L? Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so those are our sons. The year is 1908. We're in mm-hmm. Albany, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And John's out there working the fields with his sons when he started experiencing severe abdominal pains. Uh-oh. So his sons got him back to the house, and they called the family doctor, Robert... Dr. Robert McGregor. Mm-hmm. Now, Dr. McGregor was a family friend as well as the family doctor. Like him and his wife, mm-hmm. Ida, would socialize with the Sparling family regularly. Mm-hmm. So Dr. McGregor shows up and he starts trying to do what he can for John. John is progressively getting worse with pain spreading from his stomach to the rest of his body. And Not so, good. yeah, Dr. McGregor's like, I don't know what's happening. Let's send him to Port Huron Hospital. So he, they sent him to Port Huron and he lasted a few more days before he died. And the cause of death was determined by Dr. McGregor to be the creeping paralysis caused by inflammation of the spine. Yep. Yeah. And like, so I'm not sure why he did 
like why he did the cause of death if he was in a hospital. I don't know if he went to the hospital in Port Huron, but anyway. So that was determined to be the cause of death was creeping paralysis mm-hmm. due to inflammation of the spine. So very sad, very unfortunate. But Carrie and her sons kept calm and carried on and continued to work the farm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dr. McGregor, he was no stranger, he, like family friends. So he came back to check on the family, especially Mrs. Spalding, and to help sort the financial affairs. So, what a gem. Yeah. So part of his advice was his part of his advice to her was to take out life insurance policies on her son since they were an important part of the house, like a part of the farm going now. He's like, you know, listen, the farms that work in the the sons that work in the farm, they're your source of income now. You should probably get them life insurance. Mm -hmm. So she listened to him and took out a thousand dollar policies on all four of her sons, which I ingested for inflation. That's about twenty eight thousand dollars. I mean, it's a chunk, but that's not a lot for life insurance. I don't know if, like, she had to pay a thousand. I don't know. I don't know how life insurance works. No, usually isn't it, like, you pay, like, a monthly for, like, a yeah. certain amount insured? Yeah. I don't know, but maybe it's just because they're her kids. You can't take out too much on them. Oh, okay. I don't know. And stop a lot of other murders. Yeah. So, you know, things seemingly went back to normal. You know, they're working the farm, they're doing whatever, until about two years after the passing of John Starling. Mm -hmm. So around then, Peter, the oldest son, out there working the farm, started experiencing similar symptoms that his father experienced two years earlier. His brothers... Weird. Yeah, his brothers rushed him home and Dr. McGregor came to tend to him for a few days. And again, after no improvement, Dr. McGregor's like, hey, get get him to the hospital. So again, sent to the hospital, and he passed away not too much longer than that, because like basically from the onset of the pain to his death was five days. So quick, somewhat quick death. Mm-hmm. And the cause of death was determined to be sunstroke and blood poisoning. So, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. So we're going to fast forward a year. So now it's 1911. Mm-hmm. And when do you know, the oldest surviving son, Albert, started experiencing symptoms of nausea, stomach pain, and vomiting. So weird. It's just crazy. So he was experiencing the same symptoms as his father and brother, but there was like one difference in this case. It was noted that Albert had fallen prior to becoming ill, so his death was chalked up to a stomach injury that he sustained from the fall. So it's been about three years, and in those three years, three members of the Sparling family have passed away, all from similar kind of things. But nobody is like... The, now people are Thinking starting to strange? like, yeah, now the rumor mill starts okay. to churn and people like had a okay. few theories of what was happening. And one of them was that the Sparling men somehow carried some virus that laid dormant for a long time until it decided to activate and kill them. And another was that there was something on the farm that, itself that was making the men sick. And this gives, this seems more plausible given there's only the men who became ill and not carry because she didn't work the fields. So people were kind of like something weird's happening here. Not sure what. Is it a curse? Is it a virus? Is it the farm? Something's going on. But nobody's suspecting that it could be a person? Not yet. At least nothing mentioned so far. But... That's just so... (laughs) So then people were talking like, is the next... Like, is the next oldest son next? And so, um, Cyril. Like, is is this going to happen to Cyril too? Uh, turns out they didn't have to wait long for the answer because a few weeks after the passing of Albert Sparling, uh, Cyril started to show similar symptoms. Naturally. And again, Dr. McGregor was summoned and he prescribed him a bismuth mixture to help with the stomach ache. 
So bismuth, I think, is the I think it's one of the active ingredients in Pepto Bismol. So mm-hmm. don't stomach stuff. So, but the following day, Doctor McGregor invited another doctor to come get a second opinion on Cyril. This doctor, Doctor Harrington, could find no evidence that he was seriously ill. So the day after that, another doctor was summoned by the name of Doctor Conboy. And also just couldn't see anything, reason, any reason for the serious illness, even though Cyril's health was declining before their eyes. Mm-hmm. The three doctors were stumped as to what was happening. And this is when McGregor brought up the possibility of poisoning, specifically arsenic poisoning. Mm-hmm. As I call back to episode three with the arsenic biscuits. Whoa, mm-hmm. whoa. Uh, we stand in arsenic, apparently. <laughs> so... McGregor also hinted that he was suspicious that the other men had been poisoned as well and that Mrs. Sparling was behind it. Dr. Conboy found the whole thing suspicious. Finally. Yeah. So he ended up going to the office of Xenophon Boomhauer, the prosecuting attorney of the county. Like, what an interesting name, Xenophon Boomhauer. Yeah. So he was already aware of the Sparling family death since John's uncle, also named John, who he was named after. And it's just like, mm-hmm. in the same bullet point, I have the name John twice and then Xenophon. So clearly there are other names. I don't know why people are so stuck on the name John, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, huh. be creative. Anyway, not the point. <laughs> so Uncle John had become suspicious after his nephew John had passed away and his nephew's sons had died too. And he was worried that the same would happen to the rest of the sons. Okay. So good old uh, prosecuting attorney Boomhauer decided to do two things after this. One, he ordered that a nurse be sent to the Sparling house to care for Cyril and to make sure that he was not giving anything that could be harmful. Uh, Dr. McGregor was the one who arranged for a nurse, Nurse Gibbs, to be summoned from the Port Huron Hospital for the job. Okay. The other thing he asked was for Dr. Conboy to go and frighten Mrs. Sparling into admitting her guilt in the poisoning. Ooh, devious. Yes. What an interesting tactic. Like, Go frighten the truth out of her. Yeah, because somebody who is committing acts like that, clearly that, that, that's what's going to make them fold. Right. Scaring them. Yeah. They weren't afraid to kill a man. They're probably not afraid of you frightening her. Yeah. But... It was suspicious because when he got there, he went to go to the house to go scare the widow. But Dr. McGregor was already there. Huh. And it was noted that Dr. McGregor was surprised and a little agitated by the arrival of Dr. Conboy. So weird. Yeah. Dr. Conboy told McGregor of the plan to try and scare the truth of the widow. And Dr. McGregor was like, oh, I just did that. I tried that this morning. She was so fragile. She might need institutionalization. So I was like, sure, Jan. Um. Did he say if she said anything? No, he just said that she was so fragile that she might need to be institutionalized soon. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So all the while, Cyril was getting worse and worse. So Boomhauer ordered that if the boy should die, that a full postmortem be done so they could get to the bottom of this. Mm -hmm. So eventually, Cyril did end up dying the same painful death as his his father and brothers. And McGregor was the one to notify Boomhauer of the death. Mm-hmm. Boomhauer informed him that the county coroner would be there in the morning to perform the autopsy. So the next morning rolls around. Dr. Convoy and the coroner head to the house. The coroner's name is Dr. Morden. And I thought it was a little funny that Morden sounds very close to post-mortem. It does. Or salt. 
Yeah. Which preserves things. Yeah. And also hurts and wounds. Sure does. <laughs> also things that hurt and wounds, bug spray. Learned that one the hard Ooh. way. Yeah. Not a fun Ooh, time. No. Not even a little bit fun. Was it a deep one? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, because it was deep woods, so probably. Yeah. Oh, deep woods is like, deep. first of all, all the rage. Yes. Every bug spray I've seen this summer, deep 90% woods. of them have been deep woods. Yeah. Secondly, the bugs have been kind of bad of this year. Like, even in my backyard, yeah. it's just been like, I bought four tiki torches and still. Five if you count the tabletop one. I wonder, I wonder why they're extra bad. Like, I mean, why they're... It's 2020. That's the reason. That too. If it's not Corona, you'll get the West Nile. And if it's not the West Nile, you'll get, um, I don't know, rabies or the plague or something. It just... Wash your hands. <laughs> mm -hmm. All the time. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Don't touch me. So, Dr. Conboy and Dr. Morton, the county coroner, showed up at the house the next morning... But when they arrived, they found that the post-mortem post had already been completed by Dr. McGregor and Dr. Holdship. Oops. Who was asked to assist by Dr. McGregor. And um, surprisingly, their autopsy yielded no results, of course. Like, no, I don't, I don't know. Um, they claimed that everything had been normal, that no, death, no cause of death could be determined. Boomhauer was pissed that yeah. his orders were not listened to and the autopsy was done before the county coroner could do it. So he ordered them to do a second autopsy. And Dr. Conway and Dr. Morton surprisingly found some inconsistencies between their autopsy and the autopsy performed by Dr. McGregor and Dr. Holdship. So weird. Yeah. So this prompted them to remove some of Cyril's organs and send them to the U of M, the U of M Forensic Medicine Lab for further analysis. Mm -hmm. U of M found no signs of disease on the organs, but what they did find were trace amounts of arsenic easily enough to kill. So... Boomhauer was like, work, okay, we're on to something. Let's get the other bodies. So uh, the body of Albert Sparling was exhumed. Did you know what exhumed means? Yeah, it's a dig up. I didn't know that. I was like, That's a fancy way to say dig up a body. Oh, yeah, I know. Exhumed. It's a big thing in, uh, like, especially older true crime, I feel like it's a big thing because they didn't necessarily. That makes sense because this was out yeah. of a book. I don't know if you had this book. It's Great Lake Serial Killers. I don't have that one. I have a. Okay different serial killer one that i'm actually using to work on something right now Ooh, for, okay for this show mm. we love a good true crime mm, yeah so they exhumed albert spalding sparling mm -hmm. and i'll bet you'll never guess what they found in his organs was there a little bit arsenic uh not even just a little bit enough to kill a man so oh there you go so this also led to the bodies of john and peter to be exhumed and these bodies are a little bit older, so they had to use a little bit different methods of examination. So instead of like mm -hmm. doing the organs, they just examined the remains chemically and microscopically. Mm -hmm. And again, they found no signs of fatal disease, but both men had enough strychnine, which uh, mm -hmm. I had to Google what strychnine was. And it's a colorless, bitter, crystallized alkaloid that was used as a pesticide. And I thought it was funny. Under the main hazard, it just listed very toxic. I mean, it sounds accurate. And it's actually the toxin that Britney Spears wrote toxic about. Strychnine? Yeah. Wait, that's a joke. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> I was like, no. I love to throw a nonsense fact in there every once in a while. No, that's about a toxic relationship. I know better. <laughs> I've had plenty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, relatable. 
But lo and behold, not one, not two, but all four of the Sparling members that had died recently were killed by poison. Shocking. Yeah. So shocking. I know. So it brings the question of who done it. The first suspect was Carrie Sparling. Mm-hmm. As a mother and wife of the deceased, she had access to poison them. And she also had motive considering that she would receive the money from the life insurance policies. That somebody else told her to That's the thing. Mm-hmm. And also, Sorry. you know, you're good. And Dr. McGregor had already mentioned his suspicions that he thought that she was poisoning them. Mm-hmm. So it turns out the life insurance policies, we'll get into those. Uh, Sheriff McAuley was doing the investigation and found that Carrie had bought the policies on the recommendation of Dr. McGregor, which we already knew. But what we didn't know is that the life insurance policies were bought for McGregor's father's insurance company. How interesting. Yeah. And also, when asked what she did with the money from the insurance policy, she said she did three things. One, she paid off the farm's debts. Two, she bought Dr. McGregor an automobile. Three, she also purchased the land that the doctor and his wife lived on. No. Yeah. (laughs) Why are people... When people commit crimes, why do they buy dumb shit? That right. makes it obvious. Right. You can't, I mean, you can't buy cool shit. No. When you commit a crime because it incriminates you. Right. Like it literally just points the finger right at you. Right. But this made it clear that Carrie Sparling wasn't the only one benefiting from the deaths. And on top of this, the other doctors had noticed strange behavior from Dr. McGregor during all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I already mentioned, like, out of the blue, he's like, do you think he was poisoned with arsenic specifically? And then he he told a reporter that he wasn't surprised about the arsenic in the bodies because he said that he had been treating the whole family for syphilis and that the treatment medicine had arsenic in it. Oh, yes. Yeah. So this brought up enough red flags that Sheriff McAuley arrested Dr. McGregor for the murder of Cyril Spalling. Good. Yeah. So that's one good thing that happened. So the trial would go on for nine weeks. And in that time, it was discovered that McGregor had profited from the life insurance policies that were taken out on the Sparling men because his father owned the company. Mm-hmm. And it was not to mention that the car that was bought for him from Mrs. Sparling and the land that he was living on. And also that uh, him and his wife, so Dr. McGregor and his wife, took the car on a trip. And Mrs. Sparling gave them money before the trip to have a nice trip. And then when they got back, she gave them more money. Just because, I guess. Yep. And through the testimony of Dr. McGregor's hired hand, it was uncovered that after the death of Albert Sparling, the doctor had destroyed several bottles of medicine. Like, just gotten rid like, yeah. the labels and stuff? Okay. Yeah, he just, it just said he destroyed the several bottles of medicine. So I'm guessing maybe, like, broke them, smashed them up, threw them in a fire, whatever. Call it tampering with evidence, yep. Yeah, exactly. So this was when Dr. McGregor started to implicate Carrie Sparling. Okay. And she was arrested shortly after. Mm-hmm. The doctor repeated his claim that the whole family had syphilis and that John had died from it and the only living son would probably die from it and that he had treated Carrie on two occasions for blindness brought on by syphilis. And at this point, I'm like, is doctor-patient confidentiality, is that something new? Did they don't have that in the 1900s to be like, they all got syphilis, just screaming it at the top of the telephone, just like, everyone got syphilis. Actually, I wonder, because I wonder when like HIPAA actually, I don't think it was always a thing. Yeah. Oh, definitely not always a thing. Yeah. I want to say the HIPAA Act was in the last hundred years, maybe, but I, this is not. I should know because I took a class about HIPAA, or at least HIPAA was a big part of a class I took. I am not looking it up right now. 
All I know, like, basically what I remember from the class is just don't talk about shit. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Oh. Well, there was at least an upgrade to it in 1996. That sounds right. Yeah, so... No, one the thing. Okay. Something happened in 1936, too, it looks like, but that still would have been... After this, before yeah. Before this, yeah. Or after... Yeah. yeah this would have been before. <laughs> so now, um... A woman named Annie Palu- Annie Peruski would testify. Uh, she was hired by Carrie to help with the meals and cleaning. And she testified that the doctor would come over often under the guise of treating Carrie for eye illness. And when he would come, Carrie would go to her bedroom where the doctor would join her for long periods of time behind closed doors. Neither Carrie or Dr. McGregor admitted to their relationship being anything more than platonic. So, of course, the media is like, bitch what is this what is happening like just think of the headlines doctor and widow have toured affair resulting in the death of her husband and three sons mm-hmm. so sensationalized trial but on friday june 7th 1912 dr robert mcgregor was found guilty for first degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison his final words to the judge when he asked if there was any reasoning the sentence should not be passed all mcgregor said was quote your Honor, I am innocent. My case is in the hands of my attorneys. I leave it all to them. So, uh, he was sentenced to life in jail. And oh, for wow. Carrie, okay. uh, she had her charges dismissed by Prosecutor Boomhauer because there wasn't enough evidence to like put her away. Which is kind of like, what more did uh, you need? I was going to say, excuse me? Yeah. I guess, though, I mean... If the doctor doesn't testify against her and say that because he was the one administering. That's the thing, though, is like, I mean, she's totally guilty. Yeah, she's guilty in some way, but like. It's not clear who did the poisoning, like it was probably the doctor. A lot of unfortunate, like circumstantial evidence, like, yeah, him getting rid of the medicine incriminates him more. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's insane, though, that this woman. But they at were having least an had affair. A hand in it. Yeah, she had yeah. something where, like, you know, after like the death of her husband and first son, she'd be like, "Hey, you doing this? Are you are you doing this? Is this you? Are you killing my family? Am I okay with it? Maybe. I mean, yeah, she was complicit at least in it. You know what, oh, what I mean? Definitely. Like, even if she wasn't like a mastermind behind it, she was like yeah uh, aiding and abetting like right there's something going on there exactly so later 1912 mcgregor's attorneys actually requested a new trial on the grounds of a new witness uh-huh. the witness had supposedly seen cereal drinking large quantities of patented tonic that was sold by traveling salesmen in general stores and again i say sure jan <laughs> the request was obviously denied so the attorneys tried taking it to the supreme court who mm-hmm. was also like I, and I wrote, nah, fam, we agree with the lower courts. So denied by denied the crest for a new trial, denied by the Supreme Court of Michigan for a trial. Mm-hmm. And in a last ditch effort, the attorneys wrote the governor at the time, who was Governor Woodbridge and Ferris, asking him to pardon McGregor. How'd that go? So in 1916, the governor decided to look into it and he interviewed pertinent people or I don't know if he did it personally, but like the pertinent people were interviewed and the governor called Jackson prison. That's where um, McGregor was being held. 
mm-hmm. and requests that the doctor come to Lansing at once, no prison guards. So the governor was somehow convinced that McGregor was innocent and gave him a full and unconditional <gasps> pardon after serving only four years of his life sentence. No! Why? So obviously the media is like, the fuck? And they asked the governor, like, what evidence, what new piece of evidence or what came to light that convinced you of his innocence? And he declined to comment. (gasps) Shade. So there is something fishy happening there. Especially because after that, McGregor was appointed by the governor to be the new prison doctor of Jackson Prison, a post that he would hold until his death from typhoid fever in 1928. I am so mad. Right? That is such bullshit. Yeah. So, luckily, uh, the youngest Sparling didn't get killed by arsenic poison. He went on. I don't know what happened to the mom, but I did find her grave. And this is one of my sources. Findagrave.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've used that site. Uh, and my other sources are lostinmichigan.net and Great Lakes Serial Killers by Wayne Lewis Cater. Nice. Yeah. So that is the story of the shrinking Sparling family of Albany, Michigan. Interesting. Right? Well done. Thank you. Oh, I love a good true crime. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do a treat for Jessica and give her some true crime because usually she's the one bringing the true crime to the table. Let me treat her right. Yes. So that's so fun. Yeah. Well, thank you. No problem. For telling me about these murders in the thumb. Yeah. Also super funny. Yeah. I was just there. Well, I wasn't there. She was there. (laughs) Conspiracy. Yes. Yes. I did remember, too, that I messed up some stuff last week that I needed to correct. Corrections corner. Yes. So I'm going to do that before I forget because I forgot to actually do it. Okay. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. So at one point in last week's episode, and I might have actually edited it, so I just said Hoover, but I said Herbert Hoover in regards to the man who was running the FBI, uh-huh. and I do believe it was J. Edgar Hoover. Are we sure it wasn't that. a vacuum cleaner? Or a vacuum cleaner. Okay. Yeah. Jury is still out. I was real tired last time we recorded, because I had Fair. had that, uh, that It cat. stayed up real late, Yeah. Well, the cat had woken me up very early because she poisoned herself with a plant. Uh, was, it arsenic? <laughs> was it an arsenic plant? It Basically, yes, yes. Okay, okay. And another point, too, I was also talking about... Uh, I said that Grace Lee Boggs in the documentary I'd watched was talking with uh, Donald Glover. Uh-huh. And then I was editing and I realized I really meant Danny Glover, like Donald Glover Sr., and not like... Donald Glover is in Childish Gambino. Yeah. I did not specify, and I was like, obviously they're related, but they're very two different people. Yeah. And then also... Childish Gambino just wrote a song about Grace Lee. uh, Did he? No. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised, actually. Yeah, no, I I could see him doing that. He writes great songs. He does. I do like Childish Gambino. Oh, I love Childish Gambino. And then... uh, also, there was a point where I was talking about the Detroit Summers program, and I kept saying, I kept talking in the past tense. Mm. It's still a thing. Like, it okay. still exists. Work. Yeah. And then I was also talking about Back Alley Bikes, which came out of there, which is now known as The Hub. 
Okay. Yeah. I heard of her. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just wanted to make those clarifications before I forgot, you know, because when I'm wrong, I'll say so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We are never ashamed to correct a falsehood no. because we are not here to mislead you. We are here to give no. you what we think is the truth from our research. And if that is wrong, please let us know. And then learn. Yes. 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 We're all learning together. Yes. We're not a lot of things, but we are a learning podcast. True. Yeah, yeah, true. So, though, I have two two truths and a lie for you. We love an option. Exactly. I'm going to let you choose. Okay. One of them is about avocados. Okay. Because I bought some guacamole. Um. You know, I have to justify why I'm telling these. And the other one is uh, about the Great Lakes. Ooh, I'm going to go with Great Lakes because I'm hungry and I don't want to talk about avocados more. Okay, that's fair. Okay, fact number one. You can take a 6,500 mile drive around the lakes called the Circle Tour. Mm -hmm. Fact number two. The lakes contain more than 35,000 islands. Okay. And fact number three. The largest fish in the lakes can weigh over 250 pounds. Hmm. I'm going to go with number two is a lie. I don't think there's that many islands. Number two is true. Really? Yeah. Throughout all of the lakes, the uh, there is about 35,000 or so islands. Damn. Uh, and I think that counts like even, you know how some of the islands are kind Just of like a, a little, chain? Yeah. Yeah. I think that counts that or takes into you know consideration that. Yeah. The largest one is Manitoulin. Yeah. Or, yeah. In That's Lake the one Huron. they push. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> uh, it's, and it is about 1,068 square miles and it has um, a population actually of a 12,600. And what is this? Also on Lake Huron, Georgian Bay, which is like the bay up. Okay. Just look it up. Uh, there's about 17,500 islands in there. Damn. Yeah. So there's a lot of islands in them Great Lakes. And that's just, I mean, that's just in one lake. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then we go with three is a lie because fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, three is the lie. Okay. It's not over 250 pounds, but it's over 200 pounds. Okay. Yeah. You know, Great Lakes. A lot of fishing goes on in them, and mm. especially because it's like the largest place you can fish for freshwater fish yeah. in the world. And most common is like trout, salmon, walleye, perch, herring, uh, bass. If you grew up in Michigan, you've heard all of these fish. Yeah. Uh, lake sturgeons, though, are the biggest species found in the lakes, and they can weigh over 200 pounds. Can you get caviar from lake sturgeons? Because isn't, yeah. isn't that where you get caviar from, a sturgeon? I mean, you can get caviar, I think, from different fish. I think it's just fish eggs. Huh. I think. I don't... Now you ever had fish eggs? Yeah. Like, I had salmon roe, which is salmon eggs. Yeah. Now I... Not a huge well, fan. I can appreciate them, but I'm not a huge fan. They kind of just take, like, fish-flavored grapes. They just kind of burst yeah. your mouth and have a fishy taste, and I'm not here for that. I will say, texture-wise, I prefer the ones that are bigger than smaller. Fair. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, like, it's... Roe is fine, but yeah, I don't, like, necessarily seek it out. Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure caviar is roe, by the way, though. We're not a fish eggs podcast. Maybe it is all sturgeon, though. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I ain't fancy. Um, <laughs> the only reason I kind of know that is because I used to be on a swim team whose mascot was the sturgeon. I remember talking about caviar at some point. It does look like there's a lot of sturgeon, but I also see that it refers to roe from wild sturgeon and the Caspian and Black Sea. Okay, so it is, caviar is specifically sturgeon. Uh, depending on the country, caviar may also be used to describe the row of other species of sturgeon or other fishes, salmon, steelhead, trout, lumpfish, whitefish, or carp. Okay. So I think caviar, it sounds like caviar is traditionally kind of sturgeon, but it can actually be other uh, fish row as well. Okay. Do you have a favorite fish like to eat? Yes. Well, I have two. There's okay. uh, barramundi. Ooh, okay. Exotic. Yes, I got to eat it when I studied abroad in Australia, and it was just so delicious. And then the other one, and I forget the real name for it. I am at a computer, though. Uh, it's butterfish. It's like the Hawaiian fish. Oh, okay. Have you ever had that? I don't think I have. I haven't had a ton of seafood, to be honest, surprisingly. I mean, that's okay. There's still time. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a really yummy, like it's... I don't know. It's like a little bit more tender. It's not as dry. It's very like the consistency is really nice for butterfish. Ooh, I mean, just that name. Yeah. There's a Hawaiian restaurant chain out west. I forget what it's called that I've been to with my family when I visited Arizona. Mm-hmm. And they have a very good butterfish that. It's not the might- Hawaiian place in L.A. that I went to that you recommended, right? So that's a, that's more of like a takeout place. That's You're probably Which- talking about. Oh, did I? No, I told you to go L and L. Yeah, that's what it was. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, No, that's that's like Hawaiian fast food. It was delicious. Yeah, I love me some L and L. There's another one, another like fast food chain too that starts with an O. I can't remember. That's really good Hawaiian food too. Because it means family. Something like that. Sure. But no, this is like I think it's called. It's like Roy's or something. It's a little bit more like um. It's like. That not fancy, familiar. fancy, but it's a little fancy. Yeah. Like, it's going to be more like, I'm trying to think. For some reason, seafood is always just, like, a little bit fancy. Like, let, mm-hmm. let's say you're getting, like, fucking um, Long John Silver's, which, fuck that place. <laughs> um, Like, even Red Lobster, like, ooh, Red Lobster, you kind of, like, it, for some reason, it's, like, trashy fancy, where it's, mm-hmm. like, it's a chain restaurant. And it, like I don't know, everyone's like, "Oh, I'm take the ass of Ryan Lobster." Like, I mean, there's some prestige. Oh my god, have you ever made mm-hmm. like they sell the mixes and you can make it at home? I've just made them, not from the Ooh. the mix that they sell. There's like a ton of like copycat recipes online. I went through a stint where I made like a lot of Cheddar Bay biscuits. Yum, because uh, they just they are really good. But but no, this the Roy's place. It's nicer than Red Lobster for sure. It it'd be like that's not a high bar, so I'm I'm not surprised. Yeah, no, well, yeah. But no, it's like it'd be like in a nice hotel's like lobby attached or something. You know what I mean? Like totally, I know exactly the kind of restaurant. Yeah, but the butterfish is really good. Yum. If I'm eating seafood, though, I mean, I'm definitely more of a shellfish person. Okay. Yeah. See, I think for me, a basic answer, but I love salmon. Salmon's my favorite fish by far. Really? Yeah. I've never met anybody who. Salmon is their favorite. Really? Yeah. 
No, I love, I've had it so many different ways, but I think my favorite way was like, just like raw salmon and a bowl of rice with like some Asian mayo and soy sauce. Okay, here's the thing. I actually, I'm not too keen on salmon, but raw, <laughs> I'll eat any fish raw. Yeah. I love sushi it, the most. I, and, yeah. Yeah. But as far as like cooked fish, salmon is my least favorite. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. I love salmon. Yeah. Yeah. I can use some like seared ahi or like some perch. My uncle brought a bunch of white fish over on 4th of July that he had fish. Mm-hmm. We had a little fish fry. It was kind of cute. That's it's fun. like fish yeah. tacos. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, I'm officially hungry. Yeah. I just want seafood, but I always want seafood all the time. That's my yeah. weakness in life. Ooh, like a good crab cake. Sounds so good right now. I'm about to get a crab ragoons from Thai food place. <laughs> oh, yes. We talked about that last episode. <laughs> I'm actually getting them this time and I'm so excited. For some reason, uh, during quarantine, I bought myself an oyster shucking knife <laughs> that I have yet to use because I was like, I'm going to treat myself to some to-go oysters because Voyager and Ferndale's had like to-go oysters Ooh. the whole time. Never did it. Just own a shucking knife now for no reason. You're prepared. If ever an oyster crosses your path, you better watch the fuck out. Oh, I'm going to shuck it. Shucks. I'm, I'm going to shuck it. I've shucked oysters once before, but it was with my friend Beth. She was she lived in, uh, well, a suburb of London for a while. Uh-huh. And her she had gotten a gift certificate to Harrods, which is like really fancy Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, store. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, I think it's like seven different uh, levels to it. And the uh-huh. top level is like a market. Uh-huh. And she could never, she went through several times and she would have to pay so much extra to get any of the clothing that she would like want. And yeah. like, so she just, but nothing like saying to her. Yeah. So she was like, let's just go get a bunch of like really good cheese and some Ooh. food and stuff. And we'll do dinner. And I was like, okay, when I was visiting her. And so we went and got oysters. <laughs> and the guy looked at us. And he was like, uh, she, well, no, she looked at the guy who like gave us the oysters and she was like, how do we open these? And the guy just looked at us and in the like most American accent just said, you shuck them and you eat them. Uh-huh. We're like, thank you, sir, for that delightful bit of knowledge. Yes. And then we went home and uh, this was like pre-Googling stuff, like internet, I think at least where she was at was like still dial up and like uh-huh. there was a VHS tape player. <laughs> like, like, so we took a, uh, just normal knife, like butter knife and trying to figure out how to do it. I mean, that's not like something I would do. Mm-hmm. I've used butter knives for way too many things like construction projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we were, tr- we were trying to be way fancier than we are. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta, like, when you're cooking and stuff, sometimes you gotta make, you're not that fancy. Cause, like, sometimes I'm like, uh, then I'm like, it's so much easier if you just, I don't know. Sometimes mm-hmm. I realize, like, it's okay to take shortcuts in cooking. Yeah. 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 I think that wraps us, oh, though. Oh, it does. Saying? Except for real quick. Yes. About it's... my first thing about the drive around the lakes that yes. is true called the circle tour. Okay. There's always those signs that say it. Yeah. Say, basically... I think, uh, that's why I knew because I was like, I feel like I've seen yeah. those signs before. It goes through eight states, including, um, oh, wow. oh, and Ontario. Uh-huh. And it's 
uh, would take about 14 and a half hours without any stops. Damn. It's a little fun. Yeah. Fun fact. Yes. <laughs> but now that wraps us. Yes. So mm-hmm. if you want to follow us on our social medias, there's at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, Detroit Strange on Facebook. And if you want to send us an email, it's DetroitStrange at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And please subscribe, rate, review, all those fun things. Uh, also, we will have a bonus episode yes. coming out. Check it check out. Check it out. And other than that, too, you know, check out other podcasts on the Planet Night Podcast Network. Oh, There's also a lot of streams right now going on, too, if you look at if you're more into the visuals. Yeah. And you know what? Stay safe still. I haven't said that in a while, and I still truly hope. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. We don't want to go backwards. No. No, let's keep going forward. It sucks, but we're all doing it. Yeah. We're finding ways to make it, you know, work. We're all in this together. together. Wear your mask so we don't all die of corona. Yeah, Zach Efron says so. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Do you know he didn't sing in the first movie? Really? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's Which is like bad. weird because he can sing. Yeah. Yeah. Shade. Why? Yeah, I don't uh, know. Did you... Sorry, this is a tangent, but did you see he has a new travel show on Netflix? I'd watch that. I hate that I want to watch it, but I do. He's pretty. He's very... Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Especially since he's got, <laughs> He's like, a very buff. gorgeous young man. He is. <laughs> but yeah, enough about Zac Efron. We're not this here... Not, to, a we're not, not a Zac Efron podcast. Not a High School Musical podcast. Yeah. Not a fish podcast, but we are Detroit Strange. And not the band Fish either podcast. Definitely not. I couldn't name you a single fish song, but I know they have a reputation. I heard of her. So. Until next time. Yeah. Stay Stay strange. strange. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Detroit duo Sex and Violence.